Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Something Inventive. Uh, we'll be talking about WordPress and meetups and we've got a guest, Elliot Richmond, who I will introduce in just one moment. Uh, this episode's sponsor is our upcoming events. Um, I've, we've got a lot of upcoming events throughout the year, and I just want to run through a few of them with you because there's some good stuff there, and they're all free. But first, uh, the guy uh, joining me today is Elliot, and I met Elliot at a WordPress meetup. I wanted to reach out a little bit more and learn more about WordPress and get to meet some of the people behind it who, who work in it every every day, and Elliot is one of those. Just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, Elliot, and uh, then how you got started with the meetups. My name's Elliot Richmond. Uh, I'm a WordPress, I'm a web developer. Uh, but I specialise in WordPress web development. Um, I'm the host of the WordPress meetup in Cheltenham, or one of the hosts, rather. I also run a company called Square One Software. I'm a director. I'm one of two directors, actually. Um, I'm life partner of the other director, so we kind of work and live together, which has its ups and downs, but it works <laughs> for us. It doesn't work for everybody, but it works for us. Uh, so, yeah, and we have two boys who are football mad. We're Arsenal fans. Started using WordPress maybe 15 years ago. Coming from a design background, so I've worked in creative agencies before embarking into web development around about like the late 90s and, or around about that time. The golden days of web development. Yeah, yeah, it's tables and... Uh, before CSS and Ooh, yes. things like that, that was good fun. Really, the backstory to that: before I even got into creative work, I, I was I had an interest in code when I was at school. I actually did a like an open university home course that taught me a lot of kind of disciplines and, and principles about code, like loops and functions and variables and, and all that, that kind of uh, all that sort of complicated stuff. Uh, I didn't finish it. I didn't qualify, but I did study for you know a good few years, yeah. and then obviously fell into creative where I then kind of naturally moved on to kind of web development in the late 90s and then did a full circle and we came back to web development. So and I touched on various open source projects. So I kind of what happened was I realized that there were uh, you could build static pages and I was building websites for myself. Um, I was in a band at the time, so I was doing free website for the band. I didn't know you were in a band, Elliot. Uh, I played bass in, a, in my very first, then moved into electronic music and things like that with one of the ex-members of the band that I was in at that time. I joined another band playing bass and it kind of like fizzled out. Family came along and I didn't have time to do stuff. But I've got several guitars hanging up around the house. And I can see like the that. keyboard in the back there as well. Yeah, that is gathering dust at the moment. <laughs> but it doesn't really get used. Yeah, I tinker with it every now and again. I, I, I pick up the guitars and annoy the family really more than anything um, at the weekend. So uh, when I've got time. So building static pages for my own projects and things like that was made me realize that websites needed to be more dynamic. And it kind mm. of, uh, then I started breaking into open source projects and then delving into the complexities of how they work. So like Drupal, Drupal, Joomla, um, and the very, very early stages of WordPress before it became what it is today. Uh, in fact, I, I broke into B, I think it's Evolution B2 now, or it mm. was B2 originally, before it was forked, and then to .NET and used a few, .NET Nuke, I think was the package. Yeah, I know that one, yeah. Yeah, so I worked for a couple of like consultants that worked for WSI, which is kind of a global... Yeah, no, they're all over the place, a lot, lot of consultants. Yeah, consultants buy into franchise. Mm. Uh, they're more consultants... Uh, they don't they don't really necessarily know much about web development html they kind of know basics doing a lot of freelance work for, right. for people like that uh, and then yeah just basically to did a full circle and came back to wordpress around about version two point something or other and then kind of stuck with it really involved in the community not involved with the community as such but 
like going to the gym and listening to lots of WordPress podcasts, right. um, watching stuff on the internet, you know, because there was lots of tutorials, reading blogs. In the early days, it became quite apparent that there was a, a growing community of giving people, um, especially over in the States. And there was these things called meetups popping up and then WordCamps. And then they started popping up in the UK. Yeah, that, that's kind of the backstory, really. And then, you know, moving forward, jumping a few years, WordPress uh, meetup in Cheltenham was born. Yeah, so let me share my screen and we'll um, we'll just get that website up. Yeah, why was it born? Why, why did you decide to, to, to get in, dive into this? Well, it was because the community gives so much. I thought over the years, I acknowledged myself. Um, I thought I, was, I got to the stage where I was kind of sharing my information with friends and other developers and helping them out and connecting with people and then starting like face group, Facebook groups up and things like that. It was kind of the reason for doing it was my way to give back in the mm. only way that I really could. Building something or actually contributing to call because I've got a day job and, you know, I work for myself. Just finding time to do things for myself or my clients was more absorbing than actually giving back to the community. So went to a WordCamp at London round about 2015 14 maybe but i met a guy called ben hutchins who is he's a podcaster as well runs another podcast called relative paths he's got a good name uh, along with a guy called mark phoenix who yeah. basically co-hosts i don't know how we got talking whether it was we were conversing on twitter or something like that and we ended up meeting at WordCamp um london and then i mentioned that uh, I, I used to go to the bristol uh, meetup it was very early days the birmingham one and uh, which it's kind of like, I think they've just restarted the Birmingham one, um, which is kind of because where I'm based in Cheltenham, it's like an hour too far. Not too far. It was an hour either direction. So I suggested to Ben, I said it would be nice to have something on our doorstep. And I think that was read as, right, okay, that's uh, you're going to start something up in Cheltenham. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there, Teresa Vance was there as well, who's the other co-host who helped, helped me sort of get this thing off the ground. He introduced us, we got chatting, we hooked up on Twitter and stuff with the, with the great with the intention to start something up around about then, which was 2015 maybe. And we it didn't really happen because again we got we, we got back to work. Our day job started getting in the way. Um, but we bumped into each other again at WordCamp Bristol in 2017. Um, and then that was it. It was like yeah right uh, Teresa was very much like we've got to get this thing off the ground. We said we're gonna do it. It's now you know two years later or three years later and said, so, yeah okay well yeah let's get on with it then uh, and then the following november or november 2017 that year we had our first wordpress meetup put it out i went through the kind of WordCamp central process where you get an orientation and you get various information on how to run a meetup all oh, right um, that's good that must yeah. have, that must have helped kickstart it really yeah i mean once you once you get into that kind of system it's like the, you get to a point of no return uh, you have to do it so yeah we put it up on uh, meetup.com and i think we got maybe about seven or eight people show up on the first meetup which was that's fine good. you know yeah. everybody in the community says you know that's fine just there's no pressure to get numbers or anything like that yeah. and, and it, there still isn't to be honest and we've grown i think to we've got something like 250 members on that on the meetup page that you're looking at there yeah i've They're just rolled through a lot of them 265 and yeah and then we get maybe so we meet every third wednesday of the month we get regularly about up to 20 people yeah and i think you know we deliver good content we get speakers like yourself i think you've, you've been uh, one of our speakers i think when we started it it was uh, i was very conscious not to make it too developer centric yeah uh, and appreciate that there's you know there's an equal balance of users as, as well as developers well, i remember my first event there i think sometime last year was with uh, a copywriter i don't remember her name now but yeah it was a copywriter so it's, it's been a quite a mix good uh, lot, lot of different types of events yeah the, the content is quite important and you need to get you need to be inclusive for for everybody so uh, yeah getting that balance is is 
is essential really and not make it too off-putting for some people get an imbalance but I'm a member of the WP UK um, community Slack group and they you can reach out to anybody in the community. And obviously because I've been going to word camps and meetups and stuff like that, there's you make a lot of connections and initially it's you know, you fear a little bit sort of reach out to them and say, Look, do you want can you speak? and things like that. But you know, they they're more than willing to. Mm. Um, especially the you know, the more seasoned speakers. And also reaching out to our own community as well, our own members. I think it's quite important. Like you came along and I think it was suggested that, you know, we reach out to people in the room. If you want to talk about something, come and talk about it. And well, I know yeah. you had um, Jonathan Pollinger recently as well. Uh, and no, I know you've, you've known him for a little while. Next week. Actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it it's the event I had up? Oh, I can make that. I thought I was going to miss that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's coming next week. So, again, yeah. And it's I had this conversation with somebody a couple of, I think, a couple of meetups ago. And, they, and that they, they kind of attended because the speaker was there. But the speaker was speaking about something that was not really WordPress. Yeah. So, and I think it was important to try and explain to people that WordPress is the sum of many parts. When you go to a conference, you're not necessarily going to see a, a talk about specifically about WordPress. It might be about UX or it might be about accessibility. But all of those elements are the sum that make up WordPress, you know. So you might be a React developer and not go to WordPress Meetup because it's not about React. But actually, yeah. React is is part of WordPress with Gutenberg and stuff. Just bringing in talks like that is is benefit you know beneficial to anybody, even if they're a designer breaking into development and they want to know a little bit more. It's just like a nice little taster to whet their appetite even more. Let's say. Yeah, and I think yeah. just because a talk may not be about WordPress, it is relevant to any other um, language or platform that you're using. You know, certainly if it's about content, if it's about maybe accessibility, I know there was a great talk on that actually. And anything certainly around the programming and, and web development sphere, Word, WordPress is just a way you can do that, you know. And yeah. I know a lot of the people who come to it, that that's not necessarily solely what they develop in. That's just one aspect of what they use. It's just, it's just a common factor, a good way to meet with like-minded people, really. Yeah, like-minded people. Um... I've certainly made some new friends. I made new friends going to, you know, other meetups and stuff. Or not day-to-day friends, but connections you can make that you know mm. if you go to a WordCamp, you're going to bump into them and say hi, and you can sit and have a coffee with them. Uh, but definitely more local. I mean, I would consider us friends if we oh, bump into each other. <laughs> exactly. I, I know we have good uh, good chats afterwards because often the, mm. they finish early and, the, and it's all based in the pub. So we, we nip downstairs for a, a quick half or something. But yeah, and I, I found that very good. It's, it's really nice to meet... The, diverse people through this one connection what i haven't done yet is gone to any other wordpress meetups yet i'm intending to go down to a few in bristol and to this uh, word camp that's coming up soon yeah so if you're wondering if anybody's watching this and wondering what a word camp is basically a, a meetup is um, a small condensed version where you get speakers that talk about things related to wordpress if you go to word camp it's a conference so you get the whole day different tracks you may get a development track you may get a content track or users track and it or a community track um, and there's also a, it tends to be bolted onto that uh, uh, what's known as a contributors day because wordpress is open source and it's run by volunteers they need people to help out with all sorts of things like documentation user experience bug testing theme testing everything like that in fact you may think that it's probably overwhelming you're, you're not uh, you may not know be good enough to be able to help if you go to a, a contributors day you will almost certainly be used and abused to, to do something everyone's grateful for it because you know without the help of volunteers wordpress wouldn't be what it is today and you went to one recently uh, was it WordCamp london yeah WordCamp london i think the theme of it was content i went to one content talk but again there's lots of different things that you can go and, and see so when they have their sessions and their tracks 
uh, you kind of you get there on the day with the greatest intentions of going to do xyz you know you go for a coffee you, you bump into somebody and you kind of go i'm going to see this and you, it never works the way you plan it yeah i mean this year was i, I learned stuff about speed of your website and mm -hmm. how to improve google rankings all oh, right do you want to are there any little nuggets you can pull out from that because that's always something that's incredibly important getting it fast not just for google but for people i would say there's this stuff there that i wasn't really unfamiliar with there was a plugin actually by the lady that gave the talk so she's got a plugin that um basically checks if the speed has changed classic example is if you on your um, your front page maybe you've put a bit of content and it, it loaded quickly and then you know a week later you added some more content that you you throw in a massive picture, all of a sudden you've gone from one second load to four second load. You get an alert to say, you know, something's changed. And those are the kind of things that slip through the net. So that's one little gem. But there, there was there was hundreds of little things that you, you pick up. I think probably the better talks are the, like the lightning talks, because if you go to a half an hour talk, it's almost like, yeah, you're going there to learn about some one particular thing for you know, half an hour and then you get questions. To absorb all of that and all the information you get is quite overwhelming. So I would make note. What I tend to do is go back like six months later and look at WordPress TV when they finally get released, but they, they, they are getting better. So, but when you break it down into lightning talks, I think you can, um, you, they're, they're so condensed and small, you just get one little nugget and that might just be a, a snippet of code or a, a, a WordPress function you weren't aware of. You probably can have maybe three talks that you might not be interested in on you know, one session, like at three o'clock there's three talks and you go, mm. well, I know about multi-site or I know about CSS and I know about whatever. You go, well, I'll, I'll go for a coffee. But actually the best information I've got is going to something that I think I know a lot about. You know, you come away with some amazing thing that you would never expect to come away with. It might be a little framework that somebody uses or maybe a, a little gem. On that basis, I always, always tend to go to a talk rather than skip one that I might think I might not get anything from. Yeah, exactly. These these are opportunities and you may as well take them because you can go for a coffee later. You can meet someone on a different day, maybe if that's possible, or you can catch up with them online. But these are these are sort of uh, happening at that time. So, um, what about the cost? They're not terribly expensive from what I remember. Um, there's the Bristol no. one coming up. Let's have a look. Its tickets are about £35 standard ticket. Yeah, and it's pretty much the same for London, maybe a little bit more. You get all that information, you get fed, you get teas, coffees, biscuits. Oh, I'm cake. there. It's amazing. It's really good value for money. I think it's, it gets subsidised. They, they do that for a reason to keep the cost down. Well, they've got a ticket here that's called MicroSponsor, and I think it's just saying that this is actually the true cost of an event ticket, and it's £150. I just want to come back to a few things. You, before we started recording, you, you spoke to me about WordPress 5.2 that's just come out and a new health check feature. Maybe you want to talk us through that. If, any, if you've got a WordPress site installed, you get updates regularly, and it's always worth updating because you get little more functionality that comes in gets dropped in i noticed this the other day you try and aim to get everything perfect inevitably you, you may things may slip through the net and especially if you run kind of wordpress related business where you're managing wordpress sites for lots of clients you know things can slip through the net unless you're on it you know 24 7 and rechecking things so mm. it's got this little bit of functionality it's got a health check which is under the from the dashboard and then tools and then you can just run through it and it'll actually it'll list uh, things that you that you need to give attention to and recently the minimum version of WordPress I think is well I think it's going to move up to PHP 7 and they're degrading older versions of PHP so it's just little things like that and on most servers you can update your PHP version but that's been happy I've been noticing that that's been a quite conscious effort from a lot of um, hosting companies um, I know yeah. we, we have a few old sites with 
tomatoes and they've been quite aggressive at doing uh, aggressive in a nice way as in they're doing it quickly um but they've been sort of forcing that forward and pushing people to update because i, I really think it must be impacting them from a, a hacking point of view that if yeah. you've got older versions of php it's going to have vulnerabilities in them because they're not supported anymore yeah yeah absolutely i think the biggest benefit as well is it's just much faster yeah if you haven't got if you haven't upgraded the site you haven't looked at the hosting do go and have a look at that. And if you're on like, I think it's five point something, 5.6. Yeah. Um, we've, we noticed a few were on. Move it up, sort of nudge them up the levels. And you might find that at some point it might break if you got to like 7.3. I think sometimes there may be some deprecated functions in there that don't work. Yeah. But actually it's worth nudging up to at least seven, if not 7.1 or further, because yeah. it, you do notice a speed increase. So I've got some old legacy sites that, you know, in the back end, they, they're just so cumbersome and the, the quickest thing to do is just upgrade the PHP version. All of a sudden they're lightning fast. Yeah, so for things like performance checks, also it will check like plugins and things like that. I still need to dig deeper into it, but from what I saw, it was just a site that I thought was running quite smoothly. There were about three different elements in there that I could check and, mm. you know, their pointers to just go and fix them and was able to fix them relatively quickly. In my mind, I'm, I feel good because I know that it's it's been given a health check by core developers. Yeah, so it's, not, it's nice they're bringing in some of these features because they they have been available uh, or some aspects of it have been available via plugins, security yeah. plugins. Yeah. But it, I feel personally more comfortable if they're built into the core of WordPress. I think it's great to have plugins that extend WordPress and get it to do different things. But I think from a security point of view, I, I feel much more comfortable with, with just WordPress handling that really rather than other plugins because I, I feel either they, they're leeching off information, they're in it for their own game, especially if they're free plugins. No, I agree. I'm, I'm a bit of a stickler for uh, sticking to standards if they've built something then their standards going to be pretty pretty good i mean there's there's good and bad you know they, there was something recently with the way that jetpack was recommending its own plugins recently through search but you know that happens people make mistakes and it's gonna you know the community is that big that you know you can't keep everybody happy all the time exactly and that it's important to note that that wordpress is run by it's essentially open source and it's it's run by a community so if you want to contribute to it you can i mean obviously it's not they're not going to just accept everything but if you have a way of uh, you want something to happen, then you can contribute that code or you can be part of it. And, and also the code is reviewed by lots of other people. So it's very difficult for, for those sort of things to slip through. Yeah, in terms of security and things. So I think anything moving forward, as long as you plan it correctly, say to the client, okay, we'll just be transparent. You say, we've got this thing. Uh, we can use it if you want to. If you don't want to use it, we can use something else like advanced custom fields or visual composer. And as long as they understand that, then, and they understand it, it may be the bleeding edge and testing things all the time, then, you know, I think it's okay. For me personally, if, if it's my own site, I don't mind bunging that in and just running with it, really. Yeah, it's a, because it's it's something that you can cope with and it helps, it's going to give you experience when, when you come to, you know, you do need to deal with it. It's definitely something that was needed because everything else would be moving forward, but the editor stayed very, very similar. I'm very interested to see how it all pans out with, you know, moving Gutenberg into widgets and menus and building things like that. So it's yeah. kind of all going to be built with, if you're not uh, using it now and you come, you know, later on down the, the line and you build a new site and you've got to build everything with Gutenberg, it's going yeah. to be a bigger learning curve because I don't think well they, hopefully there'll be legacy sort of fallback you know if you, if you did it the old way you need to still do it the old way I'm but, sure there will be at, at cool. some point they're going to have to be dragged forward it's always tough one because there's a cost element going around install reinstalling everything and updating everything but it's it's an education element particularly yeah. when you're moving between them because they change so much so quickly you can see why so many people were stuck on XP at the time because it worked it was all locked in and so it's very similar to this I was just going to say I'm still guilty for using like old old CSS techniques and I know that there's new techniques just around there might be bleeding edge, edge things but I know that I can do them in a better way but you know I might 
still rely on, or I might float this or something, where you could use modern grid and things like that, or flexible. Yeah, I probably shouldn't admit this, but sometimes, very occasionally, I use the centre tag. Yeah, and I don't like doing that. And, and that's one of the reasons we moved away from using purchased WordPress themes many, many years ago, because we'd often have to pull back a lot of what they'd put in there. Yeah. So they produce these lovely themes, fill them with uh, temporary content and illustrative content, looks great. But the moment you try and work with that and actually bend it to the will of the client and move in the direction it needs to be moved, you have yeah. to hack it. So you're having to put CSS in to remove things because it's difficult to go in and do it because they haven't used proper methods or it's just quick to do it that way. And you find that often you've got these layers upon layers of hacks to remove things. It's inelegant. It works. It's fine, but it's certainly not not nice. And and you might get to a point where the theme is updated and those things change and then it's broken. So it's actually easier to start from scratch and write our own. Yeah, you get one size fits all and then, you know, they might have five elements or five components. Yeah. And you go to the client and say, right, I need five components. And they go, well, I've only got two. Yeah. yeah okay, well, I've got to take all this out. Yeah. Years ago, I, I just built from scratch. I actually use underscores as the as my, my base theme. Right. I build on top of that. Yeah, it, it, it makes much more sense. And it, that's often where, you know, the, the, there's a disparity between when you're showing a client or like the theme design, you're saying, is this what you want? In our minds, it's this is exactly what you're going to have. In the client's mind, like, yeah, that's nice. I want something like that. And mm. when you when you match that, that with the content that you're you're working with them on, it just it doesn't work. It's, it's fine if you, if you want if you want to go cheap. It's a good it's a good way to get something up and running pretty quickly. There's, there are some great themes, and I think if you're doing something yourself, it's a great way to learn how things are done. A commercial point of view, it starts to get you in, into hot water <laughs> down the yeah. line. Yeah. Can of worms. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to touch on on to do with WordPress? Uh, advanced oh, custom fields. Yes. Um, yeah. Let me pull up the website for that. So explain what advanced custom fields is, because it's it's one of these very popular uh, plugins for WordPress. Advanced custom fields tackled the whole problem of having elements in your page that were uh, slightly different from just normal content. So again, it was kind of like it was pre-Gutenberg, effectively, mm. so you could build... Uh, repeatable blocks of information. So you might want to put testimonials, but you want to repeat testimonials. You might want to put products and then repeat that product. It gave us the ability as developers to be more flexible about the way users in the back end could add content. But because blocks came along, you have to kind of re-educate yourself in the way that uh, you know like modern JavaScript works and compiling something, and it's very JavaScript driven. Mm. Uh, so what Elliot Corden has done, taken all the best bits of um, advanced custom fields, which is very PHP driven mm. um, and is given the ability for developers to still use PHP and still use the kind of powerful um, way that you can use advanced custom fields to build that custom content in the back end and create blocks from them. That That's the picture I see. I've, I've looked at it briefly. If you definitely come from the PHP development world and you were worried about moving into JavaScript and being able to build Gutenberg blocks, this kind of ticks that box. It's the bridge between the two. You, you can build your blocks from the way you built your your advanced custom fields is what the way I see it. Right, um, so it's, it's, it's allowing the the power of a, of the fields you've created with advanced custom fields, but building them into blocks that you can drag in by that's, this work. Yeah. yeah, that's the way I see it. I've, I've got to dig into it because I used to use advanced custom fields a few years back. I kind of stopped using it and started using a diff custom meta field library purely because it was uh, it was just the way that the data was going into the into the database. It's it's great. Don't get me wrong, advanced custom fields is brilliant and it's a good solution for anybody. Uh, but when you start getting to bigger content um, on single pages, that data that goes into the database, it tends to build up and get a bit cumbersome. I'd certainly be definitely going back to this purely because of my experience of, of trying to develop with blocks uh, or getting big blocks 
with JavaScript and compiling them and stuff. I need to just get stuff built. This is definitely going to be the bridge between the two, I think, for especially for PHP developers. We've actually used it on our current site, rather inventive.com. It's running a lot of the content on there. That was before we started using uh, Visual Composer. And it worked very well, but it's a bit sluggish. And when you've got a lot of fields on there, because we had a, a, basically we're using it like making it made our own block editor effectively. And so actually once you've got rows and rows and rows of content on there, it's it's sluggish. And so they've got the new version coming out will uh, will is supporting Gutenberg in that way. I'm definitely swinging back to advanced custom fields because of that. Great. I think we've got to wrap it up. We're coming to the end of our hour here, Elliot. Um, yeah, brilliant. I, just before we do, um, there's a few links I want to pull up. We've had some good feedback on them. People I've met have said they've they've come across very well. So the first one I want to pull up, if I can get it up here is a good interview um, called Into the Dragon's Den with um, Sophia. So let me pull that up on screen. And so she's from Tickle Tots. And so she developed these cloth nappies. Um, now, cloth nappies aren't unique, but what she was doing is having these really fun, interesting designs on there. And that was actually the sort of direction she came at from. And it was all interviewing. It was interviewing her. Just she'd actually been on Dragon's Den, but it hadn't been released by the time we did the, uh, did the interview. So actually, I think that was coming a couple of days later. It's going to go out on BBC. So she was um, expecting maybe a lot of traffic to the website, which I followed up with her did happen. It did it helped a lot, actually, getting a lot of traffic and a lot of people looking for her product. Even though they didn't succeed, they did actually, she did actually get funded on there. Didn't go ahead for various reasons. And I, th I think that actually happens a lot with Dragon's Den. You know, things get funded on the TV program, but then they, for various reasons, due diligence, or they're just not, at, they don't get around to investing in it or don't sort it out. But the interview is very good. It's quite interesting to see how, you know, her journey over the past four years developing it. So... Do have a look at that. That's um, if you search online into the dragon's den, tickle tops, that should come up and you can listen to that interview. And the other one is this one. Had some good feedback on this. I think it's actually helped people's gut a lot because what a woman called Gina Gagan and she's created this thing called Wild Fizz Kombucha. Now kombucha is like a, a friendly bacteria you can ingest and it helps your gut digestive system. And I've had a lot of people actually say, oh, I've listened to that. I've tried this kombucha stuff out and it actually works really well. I actually make it at home as well. It's something you can you can brew yourself, although it gets a bit complicated, but like I like doing that stuff. Uh, and I think I mentioned it to you, Elliot, about brewing this. I'll have to bring the recipe in next time I see you. It tastes quite nice. It's, it's like quite palatable. It's a little bit sour. It's quite interesting taste. But yeah, definitely li listen to that one. It's really good. She's very, she's, she's amazing. I, I had a great time talking to, uh, to Gina on that. So look for Wild Fizz Kombucha with Gina Gagan. Oh yeah, just a few events coming up. We've got a whole series of events planned for this year. Two coming up in Swindon and Sirencester, both on SEO tips and strategy. So if you just go to our website, ratherinventive.com, um, and then there's an events page on there. We've also got a regular marketing club. So that's every single month. The topic it says is to be decided, but it's actually about five-star reviews. And that is on the 28th. And then we've got other workshops, Google Analytics, um, getting leads from LinkedIn. And the final one this year so far is uh, email marketing essentials. And they are all free. They're, most of them are based in Sirencester. So if you're listening to this and you're based in the Gloucester area, do come along. They're, it'd be good to meet you. And hopefully you'll get a few takeaway bits of information as well. That's it on my sort of promotions. Well, we our business model kind of changed. So we were Square One uh, Marketing and Design. We kind of focused on building websites for small to medium-sized businesses. But we mm -hmm. primarily focus now on um, building software specifically for WordPress. Right. So that's, this is your other website here. Yeah, it's a Square One dot software, uh, and this is uh, we we've cherry over the years we picked up a few clients that we that like to work with us and we like to work with them. 
Mm. Um, and we, I basically just look after their code base. But you know, we've got room for to do more of that kind of stuff, and also to sell our own products, my own products, whether they are for you know, uh, whether they're themes or whether they are um, specific plugins to do certain jobs. You were also uh, telling me that um, at uh, WordCamp London that they were talking about content and blogging, and that's that started you um, writing again, and you've you've sort of re- revamped your site for that. Yes. Blog site. Uh, yeah, started writing. Whether it's any good or not, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I always promised myself that I would uh, blog more uh, when I when I kind of got into WordPress. And I just think because of the the kind of the platform that WordPress gives you to express yourself is something that if we look back ten years ago, that paradigm shift that happened to publish something uh, was very difficult because of all the information I got from other developers and things like that i thought well i should be blogging about stuff and i actually did on square one but i kind of stopped for whatever reason because it kind of got i don't know it gets a little bit blurred and actually yeah, information is yeah. coming from me and not necessarily from the business so i think it's been about 10 years or 15 years that i promised to, to blog about you know my from my for myself uh, i finally did it because WordCamp london was based on content but i think having an opinion is just as important as listening to other people's opinions because it, by giving an opinion you get you invite you know criticism if that can change your mind about something i think that's a good thing i agree completely it's it's one of the reasons we started doing this podcast i i find it difficult to write freely so i can write but i can't write freely so it's it's hard work for me blogging isn't something i comes naturally but talking's easy enough. We can do this. This is my format to get some my opinions out there. And having you know people like you on is a good way to bounce those ideas around and, and get that feedback. It's one of the reasons I love workshop. It's it's a really nice way to test something out. You know, mm. you, you've got some thoughts. Well, you can try those out on people, and you can see if it works. But equally, if you prefer writing like my wife does, uh, then it's going to be that that's your chosen platform. That's your way of doing that same thing. And there are tools actually where it will record and translate that into transcript on the mac it can do uh, real-time translation using the built-in siri if you there's an option you've got to tick so it'll transcribe as, as you're talking or the yeah, services like dragon dictate can do that very well yeah great well i, I hope that continue continues well for you Ali. it might it might i'll be nudging you every time i see you the last blog post 2018 or 2019 um for everyone who's listening you can find the show notes for this episode on our website that's ratherinventive.com slash podcast um, hopefully you found it interesting. And if you do, go and share it with someone else. Maybe grab their phone, make sure the podcast player is installed and go and subscribe to um, something inventive. And if they don't know about podcasts, use that as an opportunity to open up a line of dialogue and show them all of this this wondrous world of uh, uh, joy that they can have through podcasts that are all completely free. It's amazing. You can also give us a rating on iTunes if you've got the podcast player on Apple or Overcast, you can give a star. And there are other players as well. This all helps to spread the word of this podcast. So if you found it useful, do tell someone else. Also, we accept questions. So if you've got a business, marketing or creativity question, you can tweet it to at ratherinventive or you can send an email to hello at ratherinventive.com. Remember to visit our website. Go and look at the events page. Do sign up. I know we are almost fully subscribed on the Siren Sester um, Unicorn co-working space workshop on search engine optimization. But there are a few more spaces in our Swindon one. So go and have a look at that. If we've got lots, do email me. Uh, if we're oversubscribed, email me and we'll open up more. Other than that, thank you very much, Elliot. Thank and you. thank you everyone for listening. <laughs>